0: This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 4 in the World English Bible. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry afterward. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Then the devil took him into the holy city. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you don't dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not test the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, I will give you all of these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and you shall serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and served him. We know that Jesus was both God and man and the scripture not only tells us that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, but we're also told that he was made like us in every way. And so he has an authentic humanity. And we see this in the temptation. Christ, as a man, had to be obedient to the will of God. And so just as we have competing wheels, we have our natural desires of our flesh Jesus also had the natural desires of a man, and so he was tempted in all points like us. We see Satan's temptation. Uh, He used the same game plan on our Lord that he uses on us, and in fact, that he's ensnared all men with. We know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and what leads to sin, according to the scripture, is the lust of the eye, The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And so when the tempter comes to Jesus, he tempts him with these very things. The lust of the eye. He says, look at all the kingdoms that I'll give you. Look at all the splendor that's before you. The lust of the flesh. Jesus, uh, uh, the lust of the flesh isn't necessarily... A sinful thing in and of itself, but your natural desires can lead to sin when it gets you out of the will of God. And that's what Satan appealed to here because Jesus had been fasting for 40 days and Satan says, turn these stones into bread. That would have been the natural desire that he had. And then finally we see he appeals to the pride of life whenever he begins to ask Jesus, are you really the son of God? If you are, Prove that you're the son of God. Show it to me. And tries to provoke him uh, and, and prod him into responding. Now, why would these things be a sin? We find in the final temptation that Satan plays his hand and you feel what you see what his real intention is. Uh, when he said, bow down and worship me. It wasn't so much that turning stones into bread was breaking one of the Ten Commandments or the thou shall not, but there is a principle. You're a servant to the one that you obey. This is why sin is so serious, because we are disobeying God. And when we sin, we're, we're obeying our own desires, are being led about by the tempter. Uh, So Satan, though he didn't initially ask for it openly, that's what he was seeking, submission and obedience, because that equates to worship. Jesus overcame all of these temptations, and he did it through his spiritual disciplines. One, there are several things there. One spiritual discipline, we know that he has been fasting. It would appear that he's been in prayer. Uh, he's led of the Spirit. In fact, we're told specifically that the Spirit had led him into the wilderness for this time. We know that he was concerned about being obedient of the will of God. He had just been baptized to fulfill righteousness. And so this is a man who's practicing spiritual disciplines. He's praying. He's fasting. He's being obedient. He's been baptized. He's spiritual. He's led of the Spirit. He resisted the devil. After each temptation, he responded and resisted, and then the devil would come and tempt him in another way. And we see one of the chief weapons by which he resisted the devil was the word of God. This is the reason we do things like this Bible study is because I believe very strongly that the word of God is our weapon. And it's, it's the way in which we can drive the enemy back, by which we can overcome temptation. It's a reminder of how, how to cleanse our ways. And so whenever the enemy would, would try to tempt him, or Satan even tried to get him to do wrong by misapplying scriptures, Jesus was well-versed in the scriptures and responded, no, it is written, and then he would quote the word back. And and it was quite a struggle. In fact, it was so intense that afterwards the angels came to minister and to strengthen him. Verse number 12. Now when Jesus heard that John was delivered up, he withdrew into Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he came and lived in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali... Toward the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness saw a great light. To those who sat in the region in shadow of death, to them light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus hears that John has been in prison, and he knows that he could face similar persecution, but it wasn't time for that yet. So he left and went to Galilee. We see the sovereignty of God and his ability to work all things together. Uh, this, this move by Jesus was in response to a crisis, yet it fulfilled the ancient scriptures. By moving to Galilee, Jesus... Preserve was wasn't just going to preserve his life But he was also going to expand his ministry. His light was going to shine in darkness. In Galilee, this is Galilee of the Gentiles. For a long time, this had been a place where there were Jews and Gentiles. And so Jesus has come to to save the lost sheep of Israel. But Gentiles were going to hear of this Jesus and be exposed to him as as he, he begins to minister based out of this area. Uh, and so both Jews and Gentiles were exposed to the Christ because in fact he ultimately came to save the entire world. Also in Galilee is where Jesus found his disciples and so Jesus' message to those dwelling in Galilee was the exact same message that Jesus had preached. He said that John had preached, I'm sorry. He said that that they must repent, that the, the Messiah had come and he was bringing in his kingdom. And so Jesus comes and he declares the same. You need to repent. This is light shining in darkness. Uh, True light exposes the wickedness of men. And so Jesus is exposing their sins and telling them to turn. This was the message of John, the message of Jesus. It's the message of the church today. The kingdom's near. Turn from your sinful ways. Verse 18 Walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers for men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them. They immediately left the boat and their father and followed him. A couple of things are notable from this calling of Jesus' disciples. He was calling them to a greater purpose. They were fishermen, but if they wanted to really find what they were created for, they would have to follow after his leading and they would become fishers of men. Now, to step into a greater purpose, to step into God's design to, to fulfill God's plan, they would have to be willing to turn from their own. So there was some cost associated. So they left their nets. They left their father. This was a huge commitment. Um, they, they were leaving their livelihood because they believed that this was the Messiah. Verse 23, Jesus went about in all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. The report about him went out into all Syria. They brought to him all who were sick, afflicted with various diseases and torments, possessed with demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan followed him. So Jesus goes and he's teaching and he's preaching and preaching and teaching the the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Again, this is the good news and, and the kingdom is, is the power and the dominion. It's not just a matter of having right doctrine or or a moving delivery, but there's the teaching that's required. There, there is the the inspired preaching and the power of God backing it up. And look at what happens. There are results. The, the sick are healed and those that are oppressed by demons are delivered and his fame spreads. What that means is it's not just that Jesus is preaching the good news, but that others are sharing the good news. They're taking it. And so they're going to people who need to hear. And then it says they brought to him all the sick, the afflicted, the tormented, etc. And so they're going, taking the news of Jesus out to people. And then they're bringing people back to Jesus. And then it says the multitudes followed after him. And so we kind of see this Um, progression of of revival. There's a, a preaching and teaching, a declaration, taking the good news to the people, bringing people to God, and then ultimately people have to decide for themselves, will I follow? And the multitudes continue to follow and Jesus' ministry launches in a very powerful way. So we we know the power and we see the power of the gospel here. We see the hope that it brings, and so we're going to pray today that the Lord would help us to follow in His footsteps, to be uh, good examples, to have power over sin, over temptation, to be willing to make the sacrifices necessary, and and that we would have the holy boldness uh, that we would. Take the gospel and bring people to Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would help me to live it out, help me to live an upright and a righteous life. I pray, God, that I would be willing to make the sacrifice necessary, that I could be led of your spirit, I could fulfill your purpose. I pray the same for everyone that's listening to this podcast today. I ask that you would use us for your glory, Lord. Help us to declare your message that there is a better way that men would turn from their sins. Help us to exercise. exercise the power of your kingdom to share the good news. I pray, Lord, that we can be effective in taking this to people and bringing people to you. I'm asking you, Lord, that you can use our witness so that many, many, many will choose to follow you. We pray it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.